Good evening and Merry Christmas. We are so grateful that you have chosen to be here tonight to celebrate the birth of the Christ child with us. Uh, we will celebrate again tomorrow morning, but it's nice to do it in the evening on Christmas Eve as well. So we're grateful you're here. I want to encourage those of you near the back that you might want to sit a little closer to the front, but I know some of you have assigned seats, so I'm not telling you you have to move. But you might want to move because of the candle lighting service, so it's easy for us to get the light to you at, at that time. Um, and if you would, make sure you have a candle. If you don't have a candle, I'll send somebody to get you one. Does everybody have a candle? All right. Well, at the close of the service, at, after the benediction, if you would just exit with your lit candle, and when you get out into the vestibule, you may blow it out and just place it back in the basket, please. Thank you. For unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Please join me in the opening prayer. God, creator of all life, you made us in your image and sent Jesus to share our life. Tonight, as we celebrate the glad time of his birth, we pray that your love may be born anew in us. May we respond to the greatness of your love by sharing it with others. Amen. And if you would, please turn in your hymnal to number 100, Angels We Have Heard on High. And if you are able, please stand and join me in singing number 100.
be seated. We relight the candle of hope, recalling the hope of Christ, the hope Christ has brought into our lives, and the candle of peace, remembering Jesus is the Prince of Peace. As we relight the candle of joy, we proclaim that Christ has brought joy to the world. As we relight the candle of love, our hearts are filled with rejoicing as we recall that through Christ, God's love has been given to us. Now, as we light the Christ candle, we remember that Christ comes as a light that shines in the darkness. Let us pray. Father God, you have called us to be hopeful, peaceful, joyful, and full of love. May we be faithful to that calling by also being a light that shines in the darkness. Amen. Please join me in singing the response, Emmanuel. good to hear child's child's laughter this evening. If you are in need of a silent night and a holy night, uh, you are in the right place. To our regular members and to our family that's here tonight from out of town and friends, welcome to the special service, Christmas Eve service here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. You could be at home, you could be at the store, which by the way, I learned earlier today, the Dollar Tree is open till 7, so if you haven't done any shopping yet, or maybe you need to finish up, or if you want to do something really nice, you could go to the Dollar General. I think it's open till 10, uh, but uh, just helpful advice there. But tonight we are here to worship, and tonight is a night when we turn off the cell phones and we let time stand still for a moment. Tonight, like every night, is new, a never-happening-before-moment in the rushing time And yet we have been here before. We've done this before. We've told this story before. And we've heard it before. There is a way that the story, there is a way that uh, the story we tell tonight is always happening. Birth and death and taxes. Weary, travelers with no place to stay. Babies born. 
sudden, sudden signs of grace and glory and surprising generosity. This, the past and the present are closely woven tonight, and we sense the present of our eternal selves, our souls perhaps, with our everyday selves tonight. And when at this evening's end we pass a visible sign of grace, the light of a candle from hand to hand, we will see the radiance and the beauty of one another as seen through the eyes of timeless love. Come, it is Christmas Eve. Let us worship together. Join me as we read together prophecy. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, page 595 in your pew Bible. And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch that shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the bread of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the girdle of his waist and the faithfulness the girdle of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall feed and the young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Please turn again in your hymnal to hymn number 93. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing. It came upon the midnight clear, number 93. <laughs>
And now a reading from Luke 1, verses 26 through 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom There will be no end. Everything inside me cries for order. Everything inside me wants you Is this shadow an angel or a warrior? If God is pleased with me, why am I so terrified? Someone tell me I am only dreaming. Someone help me see through heaven's eyes. And before my head agrees, my heart is on its knees. Holy is He, and blessed am I. Be born in me, be born in me. You will hold me in the end Every moment in the middle Make my heart your Bethlehem Be born in me And all this time we've waited for the promise All this time you've waited for my arms And did you wrap yourself inside the unexpected So we might know that love would go that far And be born in me Be born in me Trembling hearts Somehow I believe That you Chose me Be 
beginning You will hold me in the end Every moment in the middle Make my heart your Bethlehem Be born in me I am not brave I'll never be But the only thing my heart can offer is a vacancy I'm just a girl Nothing more But I am willing I am yours Así que iban todos a inscribirse, cada cual a su propio pueblo. También José subo a Nazaret, ciudad de Galilea, to Judea, to Bethlehem in the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Joseph musste sich dort einschreiben lassen, zu zahlen mit seiner Verlobten Maria, die eine Kind anbrat. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Plötzlich trat einen Engel Gates zu ihnen, und Gates Licht umstrahlten sie. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. Und daran werdet ihr in Ekel, das Kind lebt, in Windeln gewickelt, in eine Fröte-Krippe. De repente apareció una multitud de ángeles del cielo, que alababan a Dios y decían, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Many of you know our family over the Thanksgiving holidays took a trip to Disney World. Excuse me while I pulled something out of here. And one of the things we did before we left was we checked hotel availability in Orlando. We had some rooms booked for the majority of the time that we were there, but we needed to stay somewhere else on the first couple of nights 
And one of the things that popped up is it said that hotels, and I don't know if it does this all the time, but it said hotels in Orlando are 90% full. And I don't know if it does that because it wants you to go ahead and put your credit card information in there and, and do that. But um, uh, I don't know how, you know, some of you plan the night before, or maybe the, as you're going down the road, you know, to the destination, well, others plan a year in advance for uh, such a trip. But um, if Mary and Joseph, you know, would have had the hotel app that we were using, you know, maybe they would have checked availability and arranged for lodging ahead of time, right? Um, when we study Luke 2 7, Luke writes, there was no room in the inn. We learned something different. Uh, we learn something different about the lodging when we, when we study it. In our culture, we immediately think, when we think of an inn, we think of uh, a large building, a, maybe a tall building with lots of different rooms and bathrooms and a free breakfast and uh, Wi-Fi and, and, and all of that. Well, um, one of the scenarios that I want to propose to you tonight that uh, could have been the case when I was in Israel back in 2000 with the Divinity School, we had a, a guide that shared a story with me that I had never heard before. And what he was saying was in Middle Eastern cultures, an inn would have been this uh, large courtyard where you would have placed your camel or, or animal, and then you would have stayed somewhere on the second story of the courtyard. Uh, and it was not the individual rooms, you know, with the, the, the bathroom and the Wi-Fi and, you know, all that. But it, it was just this large room. And it wasn't that there wasn't any room in that large room. Uh, there was room there for two people. There was not room for a female in that large room, number one, especially a pregnant female. So that, that was scenario number one. As I explain the second scenario, let's go back to Luke 2. It tells us about a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus for all the world to be registered, each in his hometown. Again, so Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, his hometown. Most of us have not stayed in an inn in our hometown. Most of you who are native to Boiling Springs have not spent a night in the Americ Inn. Uh, I have, as I was coming into Boiling Springs, that was the best place uh, to stay, and so I've spent a few nights there. But you'd stay, uh, most of you have not stayed, and again, in an inn in your hometown. Something very strange here in the story. Have you ever thought, of, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but why would Joseph not have relatives that would have taken him in? It seems logical, does it not? If he's going to his hometowns, hometown, there would have been a place for him to stay. It is likely that he left some time back to pursue work in Nazareth of Galilee. We don't know as to why he was there in Nazareth of Galilee. That's where he was. Also, different translation use different words for in. If you have your Bible tonight, I would encourage you to look before you go to bed tonight. Many translations will say in. Other translations will say lodging. Some translations will say there were no uh, rooms available or there was no, again, no, no lodging. The word here... Luke uses two words for in, and when he's telling the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, he uses one word for in uh, that means a hotel, that means a place for temporary lodging. The word that he uses here in Luke 2, 7 for in is cataluma, and it clearly means guest room. And you can check your Bible tonight to see which one, uh, to which way your Bible describes that, but it, a more accurate description of what it means when he, there was no room in the inn was there was no guest room available. The same word, or yeah, the same word used to describe the room in which Jesus shared the Last Supper with his disciples. It was the guest room in a house. So why no room? Again, let's go back to the question. Why no room? Maybe uh, so many other relatives arrived in advance, so uh, most homes had guest rooms, so maybe other relatives had, had already filled them up, and with everybody coming back into town, uh, again, there were no guest rooms available in the homes. 
There was no room for one who was mysteriously pregnant by someone who was not their fiance. How do we explain this and the social stigma and the conversations that were taking place? You know, who was going to host Mary and Joseph on this night? Or perhaps Mary was close to labor and the family put the, uh, the delivering mom uh, in the already unclean uh, spot of the house. Archaeology shows that the house in Bethlehem uh, and its vicinity often had caves in the back of the house where they kept their prized ox or beast of burden lest it be stolen. This also agrees with what I saw when I went to Israel back in 2000. If you've ever been to Israel and you've talked with people who have, uh, one of the places that they say could have been the spot where Mary, uh, where Jesus was born is, is a cave. It's rock. Uh, it's, and it's a piece of rock that's, it's, and it's something honed out. It's this cave that has been honed out of a rock. Uh, and it was a safe place, uh, again, uh, free from the elements as well. Um, many scholars believe that it could have been Jesus' birthplace. The guest room was in the front of the house. Uh, the animal shelter in the back, and Joseph and Mary had come too late to get the guest room, so the relatives did the best they could, and some believe by putting them in the back of the house. Many people overlook the ritual uncleanliness of childbearing in this day. Uh, Luke mentions that in Luke 2:22 when he says when the time of their purification was up. So there are many reasons as to why there was no room. But to think of it as no room in an inn and we think of the innkeeper and we we've, we've seen pageants, we've seen plays like that, uh, it would be more accurate to, again to think of it as being a home and to think of it being a guest room. A commentator I read this week described Bethlehem as a one-stoplight town. I think some of us could relate to that. Or to go back to the argument, there's eight stoplights. You can count them. Um, and he says, we don't, have a, uh, we don't have a shred of archaeological evidence that there was ever a wayfarer's inn in that little village of Bethlehem in Jesus' day. There was no American inn like in our one-stoplight town. It's a story about a family making do when more relatives than expected suddenly showed up in the, on the doorstep. It's a story most of us can relate to in one way or the other. Jesus was born in his relative's home in the place where they kept the most precious of their animals. And one can well imagine what that smell might have been like. The question to ponder tonight is, have you and I made room for Jesus in our home? This home must first take place in our heart and life. Tonight, I would propose that he wants more than a guest room. He wants to take up permanent residence in your heart and mine. Can we, make, can we make him room in the midst of our full calendars, in the midst of our constant demands, in the midst of our daily distractions? There's a 17th century poet by the name of Angelus Cilicius who wrote these words. Though Christ a thousand times in Bethlehem be born. If he's not born in thee, thy soul is still forlorn. Let's make room for Jesus this Christmas and throughout the year. Be open to how he may come. He most often comes in the ways that you and I most least expect. The scripture video that we watched tonight reminds us that Jesus has come for all people everywhere. I love that video. I've seen it for years, but it reminds us that he has come for people other than you and I, for people who look differently than you and I. And in that video, we see male and female reading scripture. We see young and old. 
we see, again, people of different ethnicities and nationalities, and it reminds us that Christ desires to make his home in all people everywhere. Christ desires a room in the big city and in the one-stop light town. I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow morning for our service at 10 a.m. There will be no Sunday school. And uh, the sermon title tomorrow morning uh, it makes a statement if you add it with the sermon title of this evening. Making room in our neighborhood. We need to first make room in our hearts. But what does that look like as God becomes flesh and he sets up camp in our neighborhood? And what does that look like in our community as God becoming flesh? As we prepare to sing Away in the Manger, I'd like to remind our deacons that they can come forward during the beginning of this song. But as I close, I just want to challenge each of us tonight. Has Christ made his home in our lives? A lot can happen in the course of a year. And as we come to a night like tonight, there are many things that uh, we have had on our minds. And hopefully, again, that silent and holy night is, is uh, going to become a little bit closer as we go home uh, with our families and with our friends this evening. Uh, but how is Christ in your life tonight? Have you made room for him uh, in your heart and in your life? Let's pray together. Lord, help us to clear out the clutter of daily living so that we have room in our hearts for you. Thank you for meeting with us here tonight. And we ask now that you prepare our hearts for communion. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our carol is number 103, Away in a Manger, 103. Please stand if you are able. If you are here tonight, you are welcome to participate in communion tonight. Um, 
for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This is uh, a blessing and an important ordinance uh, that Jesus has left for his church to share. And it's one that, coming from all walks of life, uh, no matter where we work or where we live or uh, our age or any other things that may divide or separate, this is uh, the one thing that brings us together as God's people. And um, tonight, as I pray, once again, I want you to allow the words of this prayer to prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray once again. Lord, we greet you in this happy night, for you have been at work in our world through, throughout all time. You have made all things and called them good. You claimed your people Israel freed from the bondage of Egypt and journeyed with them through the wilderness to the promised land. You sent prophets to call your people back to you. And then in the fullness of time, you sent your son, Jesus, Emmanuel, born the king of angels and your word in flesh appearing. He was one of us and lived with us, giving up all his glory for our sake to make us whole. And yet you raised him up again to overcome the power of death and live a new life. Still, we wait for the day when we too will share the fullness of life in him and with him. And so, O oh God, come among us tonight. Show us your presence in this bread and in this cup. Make this bread we break and this cup we bless the body and the blood of Christ. By the power of your Holy Spirit, unite us with Christ and all who share this feast, just as you send us out to be his presence in and for your world. Give us courage to be your people, to show your justice, grace, and mercy, peace, and love, to be a part of your transformation of our world until the, until the day when the baby whose birth we celebrate tonight comes again in peace. We sing your praise and glory forever. Amen. Christ, as Jesus was gathered with his disciples in that guest room, he told his disciples that each time you do this, to do this in remembrance of me. 
And the scripture tells us in the same way they took the bread, they took the cup, which was the covenant, the new covenant that was in Christ's blood for the forgiveness of sins.
Jesus said, the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Scripture tells us that they sing a hymn before they departed. We would like to close with singing Silent Night this evening. In the morning, we'll be reading from John 1. It speaks of Jesus as the light of the world. And so many of you should, most of you, many, most of you should have, all of you should have received, I'll get that right in a minute, your candle coming in this night, uh, this evening. And if you did not, uh, we can do that. But um, you guys can go on back.
receive now this benediction. Come to us, Lord Jesus, and be born in us this night, in our hearts, our minds, and our lives. May the light of your life be kindled in us and lead us to the shining truth of God with us, God for us, and God in us. Merry Christmas. Thank you.